It's time for Tim. The Tim Weisberg Show on 1420 WBSM and streaming live on WBSM.com and the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message through the WBSM app. And now, WBSM's big gun, Tim Weisberg. And good morning. Happy Thursday to you. Looks like it'll be a good day, and it's it's bowling night for me, the last of the season. By the way, Kate Robinson, I have to say, more puns in the news. I like that. Very good news. She's not listening. All right, well, anyway... Yeah, it is bowling night for me. The final night of the season. I was just telling Phil we're in seventh place. We're playing the eighth place team tonight. And we're, we are three wins ahead of them. So we should be able to, as long as we can eke out a win, we should at least be able to stay ahead of them in the standings. But we have a chance to maybe move up a little bit here and actually win some real money for a change. I think last time we got like 80 bucks each. So it'll be nice to, you know, maybe win twice as much. I don't know how much it'll be. They uh, they said they would tell us what the payouts are this week. So it's, listen, I don't do it for the money at the end because, let's face it, it's just not good enough to worry about that kind of stuff. But it's nice to be in. I mean, we've been consistently in or around the top 10 throughout the course of the entire season. Of course, our handicap helps. But there was, we started off the first four weeks of the season, we were in like first place. So I'm 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 proud of where we've come from from being you know amongst the last teams to amongst the top teams and it's it's not like there's uh you know eight teams here it's, it's like 30 something teams in this league so good job ball bags that's our actual name we are the ball bags because you know that's one of the main topics of conversation my brother says I got to get a new ball bag and I say I got to get one of those ball bags on wheels so that's totally why we called ourselves that. No other reason. Anyway, uh, there's a lot that we can discuss today. And, of course, the phone lines will be open throughout the show at 508-996-0500. We will also take your app chat messages on the WBSM app where you can text us in your thoughts. It's a, it's a great option if you're at work and you can't make a phone call or maybe uh, maybe you're somewhere where there's too much noise. But you can also send us a voicemail on the open line feature on the WBSM app as well. So if you open up the app and hit that button, you'll be able to record a, a voicemail that you can send into us that will play on the air. So lots of ways to get involved in the conversation. Of course, phone calls are always, you know, as, as much as we want to have all this new technology, I, I love talking to all of you as well. And I want to talk to you about a story that um, I posted up last night on WBSM.com and on the app. And the reason why I waited, I had been working on it throughout the day and the reason why I waited to post it till last night was because I was waiting for the interview on South Coast tonight with Lieutenant Evan Bielski, the president of the New Bedford Police Union. I wanted to get some more of his thoughts into the story because it's to, this might be something that we here in the media pay attention to that maybe you as residents don't pay attention to. And I think it matters to you. I think you care about it, but maybe you just don't don't think about it as much. You might hear us mention it now and then. 
You might hear Carlos Felix call in and talk about it now and then. Uh, but And we we've, we've talk about it with Jack Spillane sometimes when he comes in for, for turning on the light on Mondays. But the way that the New Bedford Police Department releases information is different than most other departments. Now, they are, and I've talked about this before, they are leaps and bounds ahead of where they were a couple of years ago. But they were even more. So there was a time when I first started in news here. Right? My, my first year doing news at WBSM was 2017. I was hired in, I think it was December of 2016, to work in the newsroom. I had to give a, a, a couple of weeks notice at, at my cooking job. So the plan was that I would come in the first week of January after the new year. I would come in and start 2017 off working in the newsroom. And, of course, when I did, I was trained by Taylor Cormier and Jim Phillips. And one of the first things that they told me about was the way that it works with getting information from the New Bedford Police Department. You know, that when the way that it would work then is we would get the police logs. We would go through them. They would be emailed over to us every morning. We would go through them. Actually, I don't know if they were emailed originally. I think that might have been a suggestion I made to Taylor where I said we should see if they could email them over. But either way, they were e- we, we got them emailed over. We went through them. We figured out which incidents we thought would interest the audience and that we wanted more information on. And then we would submit a request. We would submit an email saying, you know, interested in more details on these incidents and these arrests. And then we would send it off, and that might take a little while, but the person who was handling the, the public information for the department at the time, and it was a couple different people uh, at different times, they would send us back the information that they had on the report. Now, of course, it's never going to be everything, but it's going to be enough to let the public know what happened. Somewhere along the lines, the decision was made that they were going to stop emailing those over. And instead, we would have to go to police headquarters to pick up a copy of it every day. That They would make it available for us, but we had to go over there every day. Did not understand the reasoning behind it. If they already had it as a digital file, it's literally just sending us an email. Instead, we are going to go drive over there, pick it up, maybe go through it there and have to wait for somebody to give us information. More likely come back here because we can't leave the newsroom unmanned for very long. We don't have enough people to to pick up the slack. Come back here, go through the through it, then submit an email and wait for the response. So we asked if they would go back to emailing it. They told us no. What they instead started doing was posting it on the website, which is fine when there's somebody there posting it on the website. On the weekends, there's nobody over there to, to post it. So this is, this is how we have gathered the information. We have a scanner in the newsroom. 
that's always on. So whoever's working in the newsroom, whether it be Kate, Phil Devitt, Jim Phillips. My office is right across from it. So if I happen to hear something and nobody else is around, but we hear things and then that might, you know, institute us sending an email for information. And then, of course, the police do put out press releases about some of their arrests. But that's how we gather the information. That's how we're able to get this information for you. Recently, the New Bedford Police Union, and as you know, the union is negotiating a new contract with the, with the city. And recently, the union started posting more on its Facebook page. And I, I think it comes about with the, you know, if I was to, to, to look back at the timing, I think it would come about with the election of Evan Bielski as the president of the union. I think he just decided to be very transparent on social media, on, on Facebook. I don't know that that's definitely the case, but it just seems to be the case. Not that the other past presidents weren't utilizing that feature, but they would use it to put out, you know, statements and, and, and things now and then. It seems like under Lieutenant Bielski, they are putting things out every day. And they put out a variety of things, such as, you know, we are undermanned today. Here's, here's how many people are actually on today, which I think the public sees that and, and has a better understanding of how hard it is for them to field a complete department right now. They've been posting about officers who have been leaving or, or any member, any personnel who have been leaving to go to surrounding communities. And of course, other things, you know, other initiatives that the police department's doing and community things and things like that, sure. But they were also putting some incidents up there as well. And Lieutenant Bielski was on South Coast tonight last night and he explained to Marcus and Chris why they were putting those up. And it was a matter of on the weekends, those logs aren't getting posted. So when you wait, you're trying to go to bed at night and you hear something going on at 10, 30, 11, midnight, whatever. And you trust enough that the police have it under control. You don't need to start picking up the phone and calling them and, 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 and asking them what's going on. But you, you say, I'm going to make a note to remember in the morning to see what it was that was happening. And then you log on to the computer. Log on. Who logs on anymore? You open up the computer in the morning and you go to the website for the New Bedford Police Department and you're looking for the incident reports, the log, to, to, to see what it was that might have gone on. And it's not there because it's Saturday. And then it's not there because it's Sunday. And then Monday, eventually, somebody loads them up there. So what they were doing is they were taking what information would have gone into the log and putting it onto their Facebook page. And as Lieutenant Bielski mentioned, they weren't putting anything that they shouldn't put up there, like names or, you know, uh, domestic violence situations, sexual assault situations, anything to do with juveniles. They weren't putting that information up there. They were putting up this is what happened and this is where it happened. The same information that you would get from the police log. Now, when, when, we, when you look at a police log, if you've, if you've never looked at one, one of the New Bedford police logs, which is pretty standard for how they, they look at most departments, you'll have your incident reports where it's what the calls were that came in. And then there may also be an arrest report 
related to that if somebody was arrested. And that's where you would get the names and all that information. That's public information. So by rights, they, they could have actually put that information in there if the person had been arrested, but they weren't. They were just putting the what happened and where it happened. And so yesterday, the police union posted to its Facebook page, and I'm, I'm going to read to you what it is that they wrote in their words. The New Bedford Police Union has been cautioned by the administration of the New Bedford Police Department against releasing information with regard to major incidents. So the union even mentioned on Facebook that, you know, they should not be a source of breaking news and that it's information that should be provided to the public in a timely manner by the police administration. So what they were saying is, you know, there is nobody posting this stuff on the weekend, so we were posting it. So Lieutenant Bielski was on South Coast tonight last night, and uh, and you can hear that podcast either by going to WBSM.com, to the app, to wherever you get your podcast from, or you can just click on it right at the bottom of the story at WBSM.com and on the app. And uh, he told Marcus and Chris, like the posting says, we've been trying to get uh, we've been trying to just get facts up there that keep everyone up to date about what's happening in the city and what's happening in the police department. We were cautioned about leaking information about incidents that are happening and that we need to be careful. And that's, they talked about it last night on South Coast Tonight, but that's the answer we get a lot of the times when we ask about certain incidents is that it's still under investigation so that they're not releasing any information, which is understandable. And I had a, a talk with last year, I went and met with, with Chief Paul Oliveira and we spent some time talking and kind of just, you know, he learned my business and I learned his business and we gave each other some insight into how it all works. And I, I brought up the fact that that comes up a lot and that I, you know, I su- suspect that sometimes it's being used as a way to just not want to give us information. And he said that, that that's not the case, that if... There are still active leads that are being pursued. They're not going to give that information out. Now, some some places, some departments might put out that information and say, you know, give information, respond to a request for information and say, but it's embargoed because we are still actively pursuing leads related to this case. New Bedford chooses not to give any information at all. Or, or we'll maybe acknowledge the details that might be on the scanner and then say we'll have more for you about this, you know, when we can. And I think that there is an understanding. There's certainly an understanding on our part of it. And I think that there is mostly an understanding from the community about that as well. I don't look at the Facebook complainers as being indicative of how the community feels about the way that the police does do their job. The Facebook crowd wants all the information right away. The Facebook crowd, because they saw it in a video that Carlos Felix might have posted or they heard it on the scanner themselves, they expect all the information right away because it was on the scanner. So you've got to be able to tell us what it was. Or we can see it in the video. Why can't you just confirm what happened? And the police aren't worried about that. They're not worrying about what's out there. They're worrying about doing their job. So I do understand that. But it, 
It's also, and I, I pointed this out to, to Chief Oliveira, I believe, if I, if I remember correctly, it's, it's, it's also hard for the public to swallow that when we had that incident with the officer's home being shot at in the Brickenwood complex, and we, weren't, we were not given straight answers in that. The way that Barry grilled then-Chief Cordero about that And, and and he was flip-flopping on the information that he was providing. And I like Chief Cordero. I'm not, I'm not trying to throw him under the bus here. But it was uncomfortable how much we weren't being given the truth when we, we knew that we weren't being given the truth. So that creates some skepticism in the mind of the public when you say, well, we can't give you any more information right now. We, we'll, we'll give it to you when we can. So here, here is the police union giving, and of course it, it's motivated. Let, let's, let's be honest. It's motivated. The police union has a social media presence to bolster support for the police department, which will in turn bolster their position in negotiations with the city. So there are bigger motivations behind just being transparent and informing the public. They're not going to say that because that would be uncouth, but that's that's what it is. But this was one avenue where you could at least find out about some things that is now being... They didn't say silence. They didn't say that they can't post it. What they said, and let me find the exact wording... Uh, well, Bielski said we were cautioned, hey, it hasn't been released by the department yet, so you really shouldn't be doing it. But they did say that they would continue posting. Hold on, I got the line here. Uh, uh, uh. I'm looking for it, I promise. I, I put it in the story, I remember it. I spent a long time writing it. Anyway, they did say that they would continue to post, but only after the department has released the information. So they're going to wait for the police to put stuff out officially from the from the administration, and then they'll put it on on their Facebook page. So, what do you think? Do you do you think that we are being that that information is being withheld unnecessarily? Do you think that this is another way? that the flow of information is being controlled. Look, the I, I asked Chief Chief Oliveira directly because this comes up all the time from callers. It comes up all the time from other people in the media and other people who cover the goings-on in the city that these things are kept under wraps because the mayor wants to create an impression that, that crime isn't what it is in the city. And I asked... Chief Oliveira that directly. I said, you know, does does the mayor tell you to suppress some of this information or is there some kind of understanding that you are supposed to suppress this information? And he said, absolutely not, that he is given the autonomy to do his job and the autonomy to release information as he sees fit and that he doesn't see the benefit of releasing information 
when they when they don't have all the details yet. Now, Lieutenant Bielski pointed out to Marcus and Chris last night that, you know, if you look at departments that are in the area that do, hey, can you help us identify this suspect? It, it, it works. We just talked recently to Detective Kyle Costa, who handles social media for the, for the Dar- Dartmouth Police Department, and he said that to us, that it makes their job easier when they can put that stuff out there and get information from the public. And I, I think they're undefeated. I think like every time they put something up, they've ended up finding the person through social media tips. Uh, we saw it happen with the Somerset Police Department recently. They were putting up some some shoplifting suspects, and they were able to get the identification of them that way through social media. So it does work. It does happen. Does that mean that New Bedford hasn't done it? I've, I've seen times when New Bedford has been looking for the public's help in things. Certainly when it comes to missing people. But it doesn't happen as much as it does in other communities. Is that because the police department doesn't need the help? Didn't sound like it from what Lieutenant Bielski was saying, especially where they're lamenting how they're losing officers. 508-996-0500. I've got to take a break. We'll be back in a few moments. Run up on the block, you know what I'm saying? Yo, still, they came around looking for you the other day. Word, word, bust it. Informer, you know, say that I'm a stormy, I'll go blam. I'll keep on going down. Take the mind, that's it, say that I'm a stormy, stand stormy, I'll keep on going down. Informer. And welcome back in 508-996-0500 or you can hit us up on app chat or open line on the WBSM app. Two of the great features on the app, one of many great features on the app, which is, of course, brought to you by our friends at South Coast Towing. You can get everything from, you know, interacting with us with the app chat, with the open line to streaming us to getting our podcast, to getting breaking news alerts, to getting live traffic and weather, contesting, uh, of course, setting your alarm clock through the app so that you can wake up with Phil. So many great options, and it's all free in your app store or at WBSM.com, and it's all brought to you by South Coast Towing. So you have no excuse not to get involved in the conversation because I know a lot of you have thoughts and feelings about this. A lot of you have called in and lamented to me on the air about not hearing about things that are going on, about having the sense that information about crime is being kept from you. The police department administration and the Mitchell administration say that is not the case, but people have their perceptions. And here is another instance of so if i'm looking at this on the surface and again we reached out marcus reached out to the police department and asked for a statement from chief Oliveira about this cautioning to the police union about what they're putting on facebook and from my understanding uh lieutenant scott carolla responded back that he is working on getting that now the police that they had something going on yesterday at, uh, at UMass Dartmouth 
with the guns from the you know the gun buyback program there and the guns being turned into uh, farming tools. So they they had something going on there where they were out of the office. So I understand why they might not have something yet, but I would assume, and I know if I remember right, Marcus said that he had told them to send me the statement uh, as well so that I can add it into the story. And, and if I get it, I will read it to you on the air. But so we're waiting for more information from them about that. But the idea here is that they're telling the police union not to put information about crimes on their Facebook page until the department has released it. But what, what if the department doesn't release it? Like, for example, the story that Kate has up about the juvenile who was injured in a, in a, in a shots fired incident on Tuesday. We, we didn't get a press release about that. We had to hear about that and then request the information. We get press releases when the department makes arrests. We get press releases when they take down a drug dealer, when they execute a search warrant and, and turn up a large amount of drugs, or when they take firearms off the streets. And we're happy to share that information with the public. Because you should know. You should know about the great work that the police officers are doing, even with an understaffed department. But shouldn't you also know what those sirens were for that you heard last night? Shouldn't you also know if those were gunshots that you heard last night? Shouldn't you also be able to whether it be getting it from the news or going to the, the department Facebook page or going to the department website, be able to get more information than just this happened at this time in this location? Shouldn't there be something? And at the very least, if it's just more of a way to praise the officers who respond to these situations. That, see, the department does that. No, all departments do it, so it's not just them. But the departments always will point out the officers that were involved. Now, we don't always put that information into the stories because sometimes it's gratuitous. And th that's perfectly fine for you to go and read on the police department Facebook page. There's also some conversations within the journalism world of it's probably better if we don't name police officers in arrests because we don't want to make them targets. I don't know that I, I necessarily believe that. I believe that if they're doing their job, you know, they should they should be pointed out for it. But, you know, when 20 officers are involved in, a, in an arrest, we're not we're not going to name them all. So. You want that information. I know that you want that information because we see the statistics on our stories. We see what stories you are interested in reading. And we can go out and write all the, you know, in-depth pieces about uh, the offshore wind industry and its relation to the fishing industry. And we could write the same kind of, listen, 
Kate Robinson is every bit the journalist that anybody else is. And she could be spending weeks putting together stories like that, like the writers at New Bedford Light have the time to do. But that's not what you, our audience, wants. That's not what you want to read. So we spend our time gathering you the news that we know that you care about. And that's information about crime. You want to know what's going on when it comes to crime in the city. And it's a it's it's an argument. It's an argument that we have with people that you know, people in, in, in city office, whether it be the mayor, city councilors, you know, folks will oh gee, can you can you write about some of the good stuff that's going on? Well sure, but the people don't want to read it. They care about these things that they feel directly affect their quality of life living here. And the department has the ability to make you feel better about that by saying, here's what happened, but here's what we are doing about it. Yes, crime is going to happen. See, that's the thing that I I think people are quick to blame the city, blame the police department, whatever, because the crime happens. It's a city of 100,000 people. It's a city of 100,000 people that have, you know, the, 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 it's a working class city with a lot of people struggling to get by. And when you have 100,000 people in a city and a lot of people are struggling to get by, crime happens. And it's, it's never going to be eliminated. I mean, you can't have 100,000 people in a city and not have arguments, fights. And then when people have access to weapons like knives and guns, you will have incidents of shots fired or perhaps somebody being shot. You will have somebody being stabbed. You will have assault and battery. These things happen when you've got 100,000 people in a city. Do you, do you think 100,000 people are going to be well-behaved all the time? Those kind of things happen. So I don't, I don't think it's a, it's a blemish because they do. What matters is what the response is. What matters is how the police department rises to that challenge. I, I had this argument with somebody from Wareham when the former Wareham chief John Walsek started putting out all these press releases about the crimes and the arrests that were going on in the in the town of Wareham. Now that the current chief doesn't do that. He doesn't put stuff on social media. He doesn't send us emails about it. He's choosing to keep things silent. Chief Walsek chose to talk about all the things that were going on and to give credit for his officers for the work that they did. And so I got into an argument with somebody from town who said, I don't think it's a good idea that we keep posting all the people are going to get the impression that there's so much crime in Wareham. And I said, listen, there is crime in Wareham and people know that. What these press releases and stories are doing is it's showing people how well the police department quashes that and the great work that they do to make sure that that stuff won't keep going on. 
And so I think that that was Chief Walsack's approach to it. And I think people felt like, wow, the police department is really working for us. I don't remember reading a lot of comments under the stories that we would write about that or comments on the, the Wareham Police Facebook page about, oh, this this town is terrible. I got to get out of here. Oh, this town is the worst. It was always great job, Wareham PD, hand clap emojis. And you know what? I see that too when it comes to the New Bedford Police Department and the stories that we put. Great job, NBPD, hand clap emojis. Thank you for what you do. So that's why I don't feel like sitting on this information benefits anybody. I, I, I think if you went out there and tried to sell the idea that you have a city of 100,000 people, middle class, hardworking people, people that struggle to make ends meet, and you went and said no crime happens, nobody would believe you. 508-996-0500. We'll take a break. We'll come back in a few. Uh, also, we can take your app chat messages and your open line comments on the WBSM app. We'll be right back. chat or open line on the WBSM app. See, I can never hear that song and not think that my wife's cell phone is ringing somewhere. When when we first got cell phones that had the ability that you could uh, select your own ringtone, like you could load a file into the phone and have that be your ringtone, I went ringtone crazy and just was taking songs from everywhere and editing them and making them into into different ringtones and uh, I saw. I said to her, "I was like, what do you, what do you want to have for your ringtone?" And she's like, "You know what? I think I think Cannonball would be a good ringtone." And so I had the beginning of that, uh, and I kind of cut out some of the, the the repetitiveness and made it into like a thirty second ringer. So every time I hear that, I think the phone is ringing somewhere. And I I used to have as my text message sound Willy Wonka when he plays the the whistle to get the uh, Oompa Loompas. So one time I was showing my son Willy Wonka and he I wasn't paying attention and he played the flute and I was like, what? what? I'm not even getting a message. Now my phone's on silent all the time. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You were on WBSM. Good morning, Tim. How are you? Well, you know, this thing with the police department and the mayor has been going on for a long time. It's been a major criticism of this mayor that the corner office is micromanaging the police department, whether it was back then with Chief Cadero and uh, Chief Oliveira, probably not to the extent as Cadero, but it's the politicization of the police department. It still seems, and it gives the appearance that the mayor, he's the one that's in command. 
Now, uh, Oliveira can't do anything without uh, Mayor's blessing. As, as I mentioned, I did ask Chief Oliveira that. He told me it's not the case, but I mean, I don't think he was going to tell me well, if it was. He's not going to come out and right. say that because if he does that, he's not going to be police chief for too long. But nope. I, I do think that, um, you know, they're, they're, it's certainly better now under Chief Oliveira getting information out than it was under Chief Cordero. Oh, absolutely. Right. What I'm saying is the mayor still uh, gives the appearance of micromanaging. And, and the other thing is, you know, with the police officers getting paid you know, $22 an hour, I mean, they need for putting their lives on the line, protecting life and property. Uh, they need, they, obviously, to get more officers here and to keep the police the officers in the, in the, in the department. But the nonprofit uh, organizations here in this city need to stop paying up. You know, for the, uh, introduce a public safety fee to help to pay for the operating costs and expenses and salaries of our police, fire, and EMS. Because just an example is, you know, that fire that recently took place on the avenue, the boarding house. Uh, you know, there's something needs to be done with these uh, nonprofits. There's a lot of them in the city, and they need to contribute for police, fire, and EMS for their salaries and their operating expenses. It's not cheap. Now, for every time uh, these fire engines have to go onto a scene of a, of a fire and all of that. So they need to, the, the mayor and the city council needs to uh, put this proposal up, a public safety fee, uh, to help to pay for these expenses and to help increase salaries of fire, police, and EMS, and to get, according to the... Last night, uh, the the uh, president of the New Bedford Police Union, uh, he said that uh, the police force is uh, short 56 officers, if I understood him correctly. Yeah, it, it seemed like that was what he was saying to me, too. So that's what we need, you know, and we need to be proactive rather than reactive instead of micromanaging every every single phase of the police department. That's what needs to be put forth, you know. All right, well. And uh, the other thing is, if uh, that, that boarding house, if they had met code, uh, the inspection code, um, there probably wouldn't be those fatalities that right. took place. You know, you can't just say, well, you're not going to, well, uh, all the other people that have tenement homes, you got to go by the rules or you're going to be fine. But if you're a nonprofit, you know what, uh, we'll let it slide because... Uh, there might not be enough apartments or rooms. It's going to put in. It's going to have a negative impact on on housing in the city. Well, what about human life? That doesn't have a that have a, a cost. Right. I mean, let's. I got. I got. I mean, Tim. I do know what you mean. I got to just hold you there though, because I got to take my right, final Tim, break of the hour. Good, you have a good day, Tim. You as well. And uh, yep, I got to take that break. Callers, hang on. We will get to you uh, when we come back. But right now, I got to take that final break. One-hit wonder songs of all time. I don't dance very often, but I am right now. 
All right, 508-996-0500. We're going to be heading into the newsroom, but we'll take more of your calls on the other side. You can read this story at WBSM.com and on the app. You can read what the New Bedford Police Union posted to Facebook. You can read Lieutenant Bielski's comments last night on South Coast Tonight. You can hear the podcast uh, embedded in the story for you. It's all up there for you at WBSM.com and on the app. We'll discuss it more on the other side. Uh, programming note, by the way, tomorrow we will be joined uh, by New Bedford City.